I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome to What Drives You. I'm Kevin Miller, your host and guide to help you master your inner drive so you can live a driven, inspired, and peaceful life that sees you driving further and enjoying the ride. This is a What Drives Your Health episode, and we're talking about your thyroid. Your thyroid regulates much of your body, such as your metabolism and your growth and your development. Well, we as a culture are having more and more thyroid dysregulation. In this episode, we dig into what problems thyroid dysregulation causes within us so you can hopefully ascertain if you are possibly being negatively affected. We cover how traditional medicine treats it and then, of course, how my co-host, Dr. Randy James, would treat it from a functional medicine perspective, uh, even down to nutritional supplements and recommended dosages. So here in America, so many people, again, suffer from hypo and hyperthyroidism. Uh, though hypo is most common and the result is feeling like the brakes are on in your physical health and you're pushing forward and feeling like you're in quicksand. So let's see if we can shed some light on this issue. So, Hey, before we dive into the topic, here's something interesting you had done before last week, before we, we haven't seen each other in about a week, you were on how many days of no wine? Mm -hmm. Uh, I had passed over two weeks. Really? Okay. Yeah. And then we went to Kansas and my parents don't. So yeah. there was another week of, of not sweet. Yeah. Well, I did four days. I happened to do four days of nothing, you know, no, no wine, no alcohol, no during nothing. the camping. No. Then I went camping. Oh yeah. But my point there was to savor. Yeah. And so I had over the course of that I, I bought two different bottles of wine over $20. No, <laughs> no, nah, they were probably 12 and 15. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 12 and 15 I figured bucks. If you were going to, you know, drink less and savor more, you would splurge oh, a little bit. But wait, I started off the savoring. So I was in Canyon around Canyon city and I made an appointment and I went in to, uh, Holy cross. Yeah. The, and did a wine the, the yeah. winery. Holy cross. Uh -huh. I did a wine tasting. It was Fun. like four reds, four whites. And then they had some sweet wines. I didn't even do, I didn't care to, but I did that and kind of played with my palate and then got, you know, a couple Cabernets. And so I had that and I savored it. So I sat around my camp spot by myself out in the woods with nobody in sight and, I had rainbows and sunsets and savored my wine. Now, since then I'm on day seven again of no 
no, no, nothing, no alcohol, no nothing. And here's the two things that I, I realized. I definitely have more of a sweet tooth at night when I'm not, when you're not sipping yeah. wine, then I'm thinking I, I'm wanting sugar, uh, one and my heart rate, my resting heart rate is way down. So at our age, you don't even know if you pay attention to this, but at our age, I think, you know, it's like 60 to man, 60 to a hundred or something is the average mm-hmm. heart rate. So 60 is the low end. I'm usually my resting heart rate, just 24 hours a day is around, uh, low fifties is mid to low fifties is what I'm used to. You usually stay under 50. Yeah. Right? I'm under 50. Now my heart rate yesterday, my resting heart rate was 44. Uh, so it's down. And I, I had talked to a guy or a guy talked with me one time and I talked about, you know, times of no alcohol. And he says that when he stopped, uh, doing it, his heart rate went down significantly. Sure. And, and I've noticed that too. And your watch does a little bit different than the, the aura ring. Cause it'll break it up for your sleeping heart rate average and alcohol absolutely increases it. Yeah. And well, sometimes I feel like I can even feel it, that just sense of pounding. A lot oh. of people will, will have that sense of pounding and it yeah. yeah, probably in my mind, but I'm still falling asleep immediately. So that didn't <laughs> like a rock that didn't change <laughs> like, like a rock, which is, I probably shouldn't because now I'm, I'm struggling with having sugar late at night, you know, just, which, well, did we talk about that? The, the well, sleep latency time, if you yeah. fall asleep too fast. Yeah, we did. We posted it. it. Somebody talked about it online as well. So yeah. it's just interesting. Well, Hey, you, so we had somebody who asked about, it was actually an iTunes or an Apple podcast review. And, uh, somebody gives a five-star review and ask about some certain topics. And one of them was thyroid issues. And so you said, let's talk about that. I don't, I'm not the doc. I don't have full understanding. So here for layman's terms for everybody, the thyroid, this is off of WebMD or something is a butterfly shaped gland <laughs> that sits low in the front of the neck. Your thyroid lies below your Adam's apple and along the front of the windpipe. So here's just elementary questions. When you have thyroid, well, and I also then just typed in thyroid and you just type in the word thyroid and you don't get definitions necessarily. You get all this stuff. Here's what popped up, uh, the, you know, in Google, how it does this, it'll give you the leading questions or the leading searches. How do I know if I have thyroid issues? What are early warning signs of thyroid problems? Uh, how does thyroid affect the body? Is thyroid a serious problem? What is the best drink for thyroid? I don't know. I don't know. How can I check my thyroid at home? At what age do thyroid problems start? What foods are bad for thyroid and what causes thyroid problems in females? So there's, there's the world out there. there. There's, there's the Google questions. Yeah. So I, I'll let you hit on, yeah, kind of that lame of, of, thyroid issues. And one of the way places I wanted to start is how does traditional medicine generally treat it? Yeah. So this is a big topic and it's a good topic. Uh, and it's one that I like. So this is within the realm of hormones. So a thyroid is a hormone and yes, it's that gland on the front side of your neck and you usually can't feel it. And when you go to the doctor, we'll do a thyroid exam and trying to feel for a nodule, um, which is not that uncommon and, and ought not be there. Um, and a big one is called a goiter. So some people then, once you start to see it, and, and that's not that uncommon either, then that's, and, and the word goiter is just, you know, the word for nodule that is from an, an old word. Um, and these days, the reason I think we're seeing a return, uh, like I would even say we are in a thyroid problem epidemic that it's a 
you know, approaching 20 or 30% of, of adults that would be on the spectrum of a thyroid abnormality. Now, remember, we always say we're all on the spectrum of everything all the time. So Kevin Miller's thyroid is not as perfect as it could be, but there's no indication that we have that it would be a, you know, well, I can't remember. Yours might've been, did we, no, I had some dis, yeah, yours was like just, just reading the labs through that lens, we'd say, oh, it's on the low side of where we would kind of like it to be. Well, let me point that. So on your advanced lab, so if I went to a regular doc and had regular labs, they would probably wouldn't show that. anything. On your extensive labs, you saw some stuff, said, oh, there's some things going on over here, even though I was not necessarily experiencing symptoms. a manifestation right. of of that. So right. you say an abnormality. And again, I love that perspective of here we are going along, especially in our American culture, doing things that are less than perfect, eating, you know, in, in ways that, that aren't perfect, sleeping in, in ways, stressing, uh, imperfectly. And one of the manifestations of that you know, imperfect lifestyle. I mean, we've got manifestations of dementia and high blood pressure and diabetes. Here's a manifestation. Okay. Right. Can I, can we, can I say that? Yeah. And yet sure. if we said it was diabetes, you would say, okay, there's a manifestation. And one of the primary culprits of that is sugar. Sure. You know, can we the, say that on the thyroid side, you're going to have to say there is a a, a stronger link towards genetics. Oh. So genetically there's, there's going to be, you know, if you're and and probably more female. So the, the numbers are going to be there more often in female and more often if there's a clear genetic pathway so that those things are true, but at the same time, absolutely it's lifestyle related. One of those things, interestingly is concrete uh, because do you remember the, the main mineral that we look at that there's a deficiency of this mineral magnesium that is connected to thyroid that one is related as well but the main one is iodine oh so when people go to the doctor and they get a test for you know my, uh, the tsh thyroid stimulating hormone and sometimes there'll be a t4 and then there's t3 t4 and there's technically T2, T1, T0, but the only ones we talk about are T4 and T3. And the four and three mean how many iodines are stuck onto a thyroxine. And that's, so 99% of all iodine in your whole body is right there on your thyroid. And that's, that's the gland that's using the iodine. And that's what the thyroid molecule is, is, is it is heavily related to would, iodine. Would you have put me on iodine? No, the next thing we would have done is test your iodine level to see if you're I think, adequate. I think we did. That's the, we use the ZRT lab, you pee on a stick. Yeah. So, so a lot of people our age have grown up with the idea, and let me just ask you, is salt good for you or bad for you? The thought was bad. Yeah, so. Until you one time said that with, it was at a time when I was, you know, beyond super clean, I think. And you said, uh, I don't know what was happening, but you said, oh, you might need to add some salt. Yeah. Because a lot of people in our generation, so our parents are sort of the boomer generation. And so many of them with high, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and, and it just became this idea of low salt. I eat low salt. I'm really healthy or whatever. And I would say, okay, if by that, you mean you don't eat processed sodium that's in packaged prepackaged food that has a high sodium content great but if by that you mean you're not salting anything ever then you're going to be salt insufficient right and why do i bring that up when i say well what is the main source of iodine 
Salt. Iodized salt. So it's iodized. I, I, which I had to pay, started paying attention to as well. Cause you can go and just, you know, we'd grab the thing of salt to fill our salt shakers and they're down there on the shelf at the grocery store. And some say not a sufficient. Uh, right. Not, uh, not a, not a dietary it, source of iodine. Yeah. If so, so people then buy, if they have a little money, if they're on the well-to-do side of things or healthier side, then they, what kind of salt would you go and get? Oh, like the sea salt. Sea or, salt. Yeah. Like Mediterranean, no, the pink sea. Yeah, whatever. Well, and then Himalaya salt does theoretically have minerals in it, but not a measurable amount of iodine so that you can know. Huh. So not saying that the, the pink salt is not right or good or whatever, but it's just not going to be, especially the Himalayan salt, it's not going to be labeled. Yeah. And then your Morton's iodized salt is going to be iodized in order to, and if you do that, and salt to taste, then you're going to probably be okay. But so many people don't thinking that it's a healthy thing or they use sea salt because it's maybe healthier or right. something like that. So now we're having this uptick of goiter of, of thyroid nodules and of thyroid dysfunction. So that's just one of the reasons. Um, well, I wanted to ask, what does the thyroid in its healthy state, what is it there to do? And the only reason I would ask that seems like a stupid question if I, cause I'm not going to ask what is your, so what does your arm do? Well, uh, duh, we know that, but it's one of those things that I learned while being here that, oh, you can have your thyroid removed, which I knew, you know, we know, have a mutual friend who, who did that, you know, plenty of people and well, mm -hmm. son of a gun, what's it supposed to do that now it's not going to do once it's removed. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% .99 of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so it, your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit. 
which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Now it's not going to do once it's removed. Yeah. So your thyroid is often called the master gland and it kind of touches everything. And so the way I think about it is your thyroid makes systems go. So it helps your, it helps your eyes to water. It helps your skin to oil. It helps your heart to, to go, to beat it. And it helps your bowels to move. So it's, so it gives gas to the systems to help them go. And it's, uh, so by the same token, it also helps things to not go. So there's a gas part of it and a break part of it. And so when people then need to maybe slow down and, and sleep nine hours a night or 10 hours a night or whatever, you, you might feel tired and your thyroid can be related to that in a good sense because it's, there's a protective, yes, you feel tired because you should go to bed on time. Don't do another six hour night in a 18 hour workday. That's going to hurt you over time. And so like we've talked about so many times, well, we're probably under iodined. Oh, and the other key uh, minerals with that we need to mention. So selenium is the next one. So selenium is not one we measure in labs and stuff like that, but it's one of those things that is probably insufficient in most American diets. So selenium is on the low side. And then the next layer down, magnesium and zinc. Where do you get selenium? Uh, well, famously Brazil nuts. How often do you eat those? <laughs> Rarely because exactly. you get the thing of mixed nuts and there's like two of them. There's two there. of them in yeah. there. And, and people don't just walk around eating Brazil nuts. Um, so you get it from, from your vegetables and nuts and, and, and plant-based foods. Okay. And, and it's one of those things that you think about, okay, I eat a pretty good diet. Am I getting enough selenium? We don't have a feedback loop for that. The labs, your, your insurance company is going to call it experimental. And even if you did do the labs, you know, we don't have massive amounts of data that say this is the right amount of selenium to have. So it's one of those question marks, but I would perceive it as a question mark on the side of we're probably on the low side. So here we are, we're in a world where thyroid abnormality is, is pretty darn common. In fact, at a family gathering, my sister asked me about, you know, what should I do? I think my thyroid's low and, and, and it's, it's kind of, it's a big topic. It's, there's not just an easy answer to that. Um, well, let me go back to what does it do? Well, okay. What's it do? Gas and brake. Okay. So a regulator, uh, a, yeah, it's a, it is a regulator. Remember the old 1970s equalizers on a speaker? Yeah. And up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. That's kind of your thyroid. Okay. You know, helping your heart beat a little bit faster this moment and then a little bit slower the next moment, a little bit faster. And depending upon the thousand million variables going into the body, the, 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 here you have this hormone gland that's sort of touching all of that. So when somebody becomes in hyper or hypo, hyper means that the gas is on. Okay. So your heart beats too fast. You feel too awake. You can't fall asleep. You're too jittery on the inside and shaky and maybe tremulous and your bowels move too fast. And so there's, there's diarrhea um, and your skin becomes too oily. Your hair grows too fast. So it's too fine and thin and maybe oily and hypo then becomes 
the other side. Brakes on. Yeah, the brakes on. And literally, and so hypo is the main problem in America. And people feel like they're driving with the brakes on. It takes more effort to do what I would normally do. I, I need to sleep 10 hours and I don't wake up feeling rested. My hair grows slower or falls out. It's brittle. My nails are brittle and dry. They break. My skin is dry and cracky. Can I ask about that? Because I was going to, again, just on the first, I'm interested to, you put the search in Google and you find out what people are looking for and what is being uh, communicated out there. And so when it talked about symptoms, this is literally the right off the top of the list, high heart rate, excessive tiredness, anxiety, weight gain or loss, body shakes, feeling chilly or overheated, trouble concentrating and hair loss, which to me, knowing as much as I do know is frustrating. Cause I can say, well, you could attribute that to a thousand other problems as well. So it doesn't help a lot, but from your perspective, from a functional medicine, medicine perspective, what are the telltale signs of a thyroid issue that you look for? I mean, well, those, you just mentioned sure. them, I guess. Yeah, and those those ones there for sure. Um, temperature regulation is a big one. That's you know, I'm I, I I run too hot, I run too cold, or cold hands, cold feet. I'm ice cold hands all the time. Uh, is is kind of a classic. Which, thing. if you have women who are often manifesting issues at midlife, forties, fifties, or whatever, and that starts to happen to them, their first thought is probably going to be, "Oh, premenopause." You you have to also ask those kind of questions too. Yeah. And so, temperature regulation, and oftentimes, yes, we're talking about thyroid and estrogen and whatever in the same breath, and and we should okay. be. These are hormones, and they're all communicating with each other. And it, it is that idea of the symphony, you know, and everything in harmony yeah. or disharmony. I feel like the hair loss one is one I hear from women, especially guys. Maybe they don't recognize it because they think I'm getting old, losing hair, but women don't expect that to happen. Right. And I remember hearing that from a lot of patients, uh, women saying, ah, hair loss. Yep. That's scary. Yep. Right. And it is. And it's frustrating. Um, and it's, it's frustrating because there's just as many women who might say, yeah, but I went, I had my thyroid checked or I even took medicines or whatever and it didn't help the hair loss and hair loss is its own complex situation. How, how does, so if somebody is dealing with this, well, again, what you said, or, or I think that I brought us into that, that a regular, you know, diagnostic panel at traditional, traditional medicine, Western medicine is hardly going to show anything that's going to relate necessarily to thyroid. Well, it'll check a TSH and a okay. T4 usually. And so thyroid stimulating hormone comes from your pituitary, which is essentially inside your brain. And so the hypothalamus sends a signal to the pituitary and the pituitary then responds to that and sends out thyroid stimulating hormone. So this hormone goes to your thyroid in your neck and your thyroid gland then responds primarily with the production of T4. And that T4 then ships out around the body and it's kind of the traveling vehicle, if you will. And then it gets to the various tissues. So most of that T4 is converted to T3 in liver and kidney, but each tissue is going to convert that in its own way. And so some people have a problem with T4 to T3 conversion. And that's not that uncommon. So your TSH and T4 can be just fine, but if the T3 is low, and so I would argue you need to look at it. You do need to measure it. It's not, you know, everybody, 
but it's certainly common enough that it needs to be looked at. And that's where, and I don't know why normal docs don't often do that. And if the TSH is fine, T4 is fine. And so that's what my sister said. Well, and, and, a, and a niece <laughs> at the family gathering. And they said, well, the doctor said it was normal. I'm like, well, yeah, but what does that mean? What does normal mean? It is certainly normal in America to be tired and overweight and have headaches. So that's normal. Um, and, and I would start there. If hair loss is there, if this, any of those kinds of symptoms are there. So every one of our patients, we're going to do a thyroid, right? Okay. Because those symptoms are just so common. And uh, TSH, T4, and I would do the free T3. So an unbound... Can somebody just go to a traditional doc and ask for that though? You can ask. It's just going to be, what's the perspective of the doc? Do they agree with that assessment uh, modality? Do, do they agree? And do they know how to interpret the results? Is that something someone can go online? Yeah. To, uh, you can, what are, in what America, are you can get nearly any test you okay. want. It's So go it's, to any lab test now. Any or, lab test now. Uh, I mean, Quest, you life just, extension. Yeah. I don't think Quest does. A Quest, you got to have a doc. Panel. Okay. And... Um, and there's 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 companies galore now that that will sell you these things, but they're kind of pricey. And then the the real question is the interpretation. You know, how are you going to interpret interpretation it? So and treatment? And, and so how how is traditional medicine treating thyroid issues primarily? So if your TSH is elevated, and, and now it's debatable, well, what does elevated mean? And so I would argue TSH ought to be somewhere between 0.3 and 1.5, maybe 2.0. And I think LabCorp moved their upper limit of normal to 3.0, Quest is still at 4.5. Other labs are somewhere around there in my career. So just 20 years ago, labs had it at 6.0 and one was even at 10.0, which would be frank. You know, somebody's a, a, a poor woman is at 9.0. That is frank hypothyroid. Uh, as TSH goes up, your body's calling out for more thyroid. Meaning, so even though the numbers go up, it's hypo that gets people confused. So just remember that if the TSH is going up, your body is low in thyroid. And, uh, so one, you know, somewhere around close to 1.0 and even endocrinologists, if they're treating it, they usually treat to 1.0. And so if that is above three or four or five or somewhere around in there and you've got the symptoms and the doc might say, okay, let's give you some thyroid medicine. And the name brand of that is Synthroid. The generic is levothyroxine. And that's been a subject of controversy for decades because many women would say, I need Synthroid. I can totally tell the difference if I get the levo. And then people would say, oh, it's all in your head because generic is it is the right medicine. It's the same thing. And no, I can totally feel better on, on Synthroid. Um, and in fact, we should do a show on this topic too, but there is a significant, and I did not believe those women either in my early years. So in the zeros, I would just, you know, try to tell them it's all in your head. It's the same thing, whatever. It's very frustrating, but there is a massive problem with generic drugs in America. Did you and I talk about that? No. Oh, that, that is something that people need to know about where are generic drugs made? Where would you guess? China. Mostly China, India, Indonesia. How much oversight do we have over those generic manufacturing Very little, I'm Zero. assuming. Okay. Yeah. So what became one of the strengths of the American system of FDA, drug oversight, production, 
in the 80s got largely farmed out to generic companies. And then, and then through a complex system that goes into business and all this other stuff, the, the billion dollar companies in India, China, Indonesia. And so now uh, I've forgotten the numbers, but 80% or something like that. And then the one that hit the news was ranitidine, which is the generic for Zantac hmm. had an actual carcinogen in it. So this is an over the counter medicine for heart, heartburn, uh, with a definable carcinogen and, and everybody's asking, well, how can this happen? So I would now, uh, recommend to people if their thyroid is, is kind of hard to control and they still have the symptoms, then we'll go to name brand only, or we'll, well I was going to ask it overall, are you saying, uh, better mm. off with name brand? No, what I will overall, no, I'm using a company now called Valisure trying to use another pharmacy company that's going to validate that the generic is actually the generic that the, the ingredients are actually well, i'm going big picture now and you said we should do a show on it but i mean overall and generic drugs are you saying i ah, be careful I, not, I would say be careful yes i mean we don't do a whole lot of drugs thank goodness in my family but if we're going to get ibuprofen i'm going to get the store whatever cheap brand over i don't even know what the name brand is but motrin or advil or something like that yeah and yeah i Right now, if you if you look into, there's a great investigative journalist book. Um, her name was Catherine Eban. I forgot the name of the book. And it'll make you mad because it it really removes trust out of from you to the industry. And if that trust is gone, then what do you do? And of course, you ask your doctor, and the doctor's not going to know about it. So we could probably do a show on that one uh, for thyroid, where. Well, let's keep going. Well, well, so, well, so you say traditional doc is going to, here's, yeah, here's the meds. going to measure those two things and start levothyroxine. Okay. What are you going to do? And so we'll do, we'll measure TSH, T4, free T3 and reverse T3. And so the reverse T3 is where we're trying to get an analysis of how is the body putting on the brake, so to speak. If the reverse T3 is going up, it oughtn't to be too high. And so what would you guess are the main reasons why the body would be putting on the parking brake here to slow things down? Number one, stress response. Okay. So that... A poor stress response. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe you go crazy on a four-day camping weekend and ride 20 miles a day and you... And, and it's a good stress response that says, I need to rest. Okay. And you actually rest. That's exactly the body doing what you say. Gosh, I feel it's what your watch is telling you. Like (laughs) today's a low day, so you should recover more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that, that is what the thyroid is kind of doing. And you should feel tired on a day that you should feel tired. If you shouldn't feel tired on that day, well, that's a different story, but stress. So now we live in a hyper stress world. And so, yes, you might be getting a, a thyroid response of people say, gosh, I'm tired all the time. Well, you need 10 hours of night of sleep, but you won't give your body that. So, of course, your thyroid is getting a little whacked here uh, because we're just not responding to these signals like we should be. Because we're just not responding to these signals like we should be. Well, so let me ask on that, though, because that's the other thing that I remember with patients, women specifically, where I, you know, I'm sleeping. I went to the doc. Labs look OK. They tell me I should be fine, but I'm sleeping 14 hours a day and I am exhausted. Right. 
Is that a classic? Right. Okay. That's probably now you're, you're, they've, they've had a problem for a few decades, right? And it's just now to the point of failure. Critical acuteness. Well, now the thyroid is probably hypo and it can't respond. What I'm talking about is if your reverse T3 is going up and you keep pressing on the gas, like I still got to produce and you're like, I can handle it. I can cope. I can whatever for another decade or two, you can, but over time you can until you can. And so we'll, we don't want to wait until you can't and sleeping 14 hours a day and waking up tired. We want to know before then. And that's the value of the, of the laboratory analysis in context, not just your lab numbers are this, this means you need a pill. This means you don't. Which I want to point out, which is why you, you know, a lot of people, again, when I, I keep referring to the past, when you and I were partnered in the practice yeah. and I was, I was participating in it and people would so often get information like this and say, okay, can you just read a lab panel for me? I'm going to take this advanced diagnostic. We order it for me and not just read it and just give me the results or I'll go get it at wherever any lab test now or somewhere online. And will you do that? And your answer was no, no, it's, 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 it's flying blind. Because some there, there's some you know functional medicine docs as you know good functional who will, but you don't I, I because just, of context. Context, the yeah. story, not even the heart and soul part of the story, but also the the story of the symptoms, how they came about, and and it's the 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 labs are just the labs; they're just numbers on a page, and they have to be interpreted within a context, yeah. and that is especially true in the thyroid. So number one is stress. That'll put that reverse, a stress response. uh, That'll put that reverse T3 going up, going up, going up. Um, And then number two is probably insufficiency in those trace minerals. So the iodine, selenium, mag, zinc. And of course, then you get this negative feedback loop because if somebody's stressed out, we've talked about the brain-gut connection before. And if the body's stressed out, we don't allow it to prepare for digestion. And we're eating in the car, we're eating with our email, we're eating in front of a screen all the time. The body's not getting the signals for digestion. You don't digest trace minerals then. That's kind of one of the first consequences as trace mineral uh, assimilation goes down. Well, then you got this vicious cycle of more stress equals less uh, of those minerals equals less thyroid function equals a perception of even more stress. And you can sustain, you know, normal American life for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. But so commonly in 30s, 40s, 50s, people say, I'm getting more tired. My temperature is dysregulated. All of those symptoms that we already talked about are starting to creep up. Is the thyroid related? Absolutely. Every time, all the time. Is it causal? Sometimes it's frank causality. You've already flopped over into hypo, hyper, but it's always related to those symptoms. So it's that reverse T3 and T3 ratio that we want to see looking good. What are you going to say to a patient where you have found out that they have dysregulation in their thyroid as a I mean, because we can always say, well, everything, sleep better, eat better, stress <laughs> right. better. Okay. So it's always, always everything. Right. But on the affirmative action side, again, if somebody was dealing specifically with dementia or diabetes or high blood pressure, there's going to be some areas of affirmative action for you. You've already mentioned the, well, you know what? I did want to ask you, you mentioned, look at the four minerals. You said iodine, mag, what was the other? Zinc. And, and then selenium. And, sel- and selenium. 
do you want to, is it fair to ask you to give dose or, you know, milligram, uh, be in this yeah, milligram the, the, range? Because we can all go buy that stuff. But right. The, the problem is, and we, we talked about I know, about that's this why I said it. I didn't know if it's a fair it, question. Um, but you will do that with like, hey, everybody should be, a, you know, no, vitamin sure, D, do did, this much. Or, yeah, we did do that with, you know, the basics and omegas and, and stuff like that. Just shoot for here. Um, remember, we don't have a biomarker feedback loop. We don't have a standard of care out there that says selenium should be this but and you, iodine should be that. But you are for that patient, though, you are going to. Right. Tell them to. We're going to make a suggestion. If if there's indication of hypo, that's the more common one, hypothyroid, then then I would say, you know, that iodine should be at the 150 microgram or above, zinc. Microgram? Milligram. Microgram. Microgram, iodine, that, that is. Selenium, 200 microgram. And then magnesium is just all over the map. We're all kind of under magnesium. Then I would say... You know, then we, you know, we have to talk about magnesium citrate, glycinate, all that that stuff. I would say, okay, but if you have to broad, if you're going to, then I would do magnesium glycinate, 400 milligrams, milligrams per day, and uh, what I leave off, zinc, zinc at 30 milligrams, okay, a day. I think that's also zinc glycinate. Um, would be just a general, uh, somebody's like, Hey, I suspect my thyroid, I'm going to do thyroid support. So could that be something like you used to have vitamin B shots intravenously uh-huh. or, or, or uh-huh. whatever, right? And people would come, you did it to me one time. You said, oh, let's just see, you know, mm-hmm. if you feel a big difference, great. So you gave it to me and I, I had nothing. You said, okay, you must not be deficient. That's an easy way to do it. And you have other people go, oh my gosh, I just got a new lease on life. Could you say the same thing? So if somebody wants to try this for 30 days and see, ah. Really not. I, it's it's, remember, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating because by the same token, you don't get a, a shot in the arm feeling from your broccoli either. All right. But it's very, very good for you. We know that. And it's over time in a context. We wouldn't say, oh, you have cancer. Here's your broccoli. So if you're saying, okay, like right now, I, I literally at 50 years old, I'd say I, I don't really have any negative symptoms that I'm aware no, of. You, you would be the guy we would, we would do all that based on labs. Okay. And you were on the, but if somebody's listening right now and they're saying, and they've I, got I, symptoms. Oh, well, that's what I was going to ask. If they don't have symptoms, then, then maybe not. If you've got some of these symptoms, then do they say just, this is, well, this would especially be if they've got symptoms, it sure feels hypo, but the doctor says your labs are normal. Right. And they're, they they oh, feel yeah. a little stuck. Then if you did a thyroid support, and you, and you know, three to six months, not 30 okay. days, All right. three to six months. And then there's, there's uh, Google's solution and there's uh, extra iodine that some people do and uh, thyroxin that some people do. There's all kinds of thyroid support formulas out there. Um, and to be quite honest with you, by the time I'm talking with people about thyroid and they're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. We don't, I don't see a big result from those things. So you're going to add and, them in as part of the mix of. Other- right. Like all of those things are also very basic and pretty darn good for everything else. I mean, except for maybe oh, selenium. Okay. So we're already fiddling with those. Anyway. Okay. So that's part of it. So back to affirmative action prescriptions from Dr. James. Yeah. So certainly the basics, the foundation, like we always say, uh, and then I would say, if you're doing sea salt, get iodized sea salt. 
Okay. Or Himalaya salt, but you're trusting that, you know, they, you got the batch that has some iodine in it. Okay. Or eat like a Japanese person, which means a heck of a lot of seaweed and seafood, which we just don't do so much of that. But it, it is thought that the standard iodine level of an average Japanese person uh, because of seafood and seaweed is, is very high. Seafood, I mean, obviously. And seafood s- means not fish. It means shrimp, scallop, lobster, uh, seafood, not, not fish. Really? That, that's the, dif- okay. the difference, right? So fish don't have, they have some, but not a lot. But shrimp will have relatively and yet a lot. I think a shrimp is kind of disgusting they're like the cockroaches of the ocean uh, and all of them are lobsters yeah uh clam bottom dweller kind of things are bottom dwellers yeah and um so it depends on your sourcing and how those things are fed and all those kind of things are 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 part of that question mark too okay um so if somebody's in the or if you like if your mom had thyroid problem your sister has thyroid problem and you're like well, i just don't want a thyroid problem i'd say well there are some multivitamins out there that are going to be sort of thyroid supportive okay that's kind of where i would land on the proactive side of things well that's so those are all what you're putting in your mouth and whatever what about just what about lifestyle issues is there anything other than the everything the, the stress, stress stress response that you're we all have stress we're all on the spectrum of how you know how excellent can you be on your practiced and trained stress response and that's where sabbath and rest and sleep and and mindfulness and those kind of things are definitely going to be what do you do with this anxiety and the reality that we are not all only all on the spectrum of how we respond, but we're also amidst a culture that's high anxiety. And even just that, think of it like pollution. It's out there. It does affect you. So how do you deal with this? Because you're saying thyroid problems, because people could you know, real, real quick say, just meditate, whatever. There's lots right. of things. But what can you do to bring your anxiety level down? Yeah, that's that's okay. that's a big one, and that is definitely the, the the adrenal connection, what we call the HPA axis, uh, hypothalamus, pituitary, the brain. That's your stress perception and response, as that relates to the adrenals, and and then and bringing the thyroid into that, it's actually the HPA TG axis. So HPA, hypothalamus, pituitary. That's your brain, adrenal. So that's your stress response, cortisol response on all of that. And then underneath that is the thyroid and then gonad. And I, I, people don't have to remember all that. But I would say that in America, we begin experiencing symptoms and frustration in the reverse of that. So if I go over to the high school over there, especially women, and, and say, okay, how many women in here have problems with their gonads? Nobody will say anything. But if I say, well, how about PMS? How about painful menstrual cycles? How about acne? How about an imbalance in the sense of hormones? 90% of them will say yes. So already by 15, and what, what is, yeah. and, and then the medicines start. Which I know that's the thing too. You're seeing where you would think this is a middle age or even after issue that you primarily see with women. You're seeing it younger and younger. Well, I would say it's a middle age consequence because it starts when they're 15 and they cope okay. until they're 35 or 45. Okay. And then they're like, I can't but cope But you're seeing anymore. some younger ones who are already getting wrecked. I mean, they're already having symptoms and manifestations. I, just today I talked with John because five 
moms in the last month have, and you remember this, it's like, we're in, can we start yesterday? It has to be yesterday. And, and it's like, well, our next yes to that is two months yeah. down the road. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And it's all anxiety, depression, for just this, this, this area of frustration. Um, and so, yeah. It, well, it feels overall. So you're saying in, if we pick on America, hypo is the primary issue, which you said is the brakes are on. So you're pushing, pushing, you're not getting, you know, coming forward and you're saying you, know, you gave some, you know, minerals and foods and whatnot. You gave, um, you know, dealing with anxiety, but it could sound like a back off. You need to stop and recover. If, if that's the case, what do you, how do you look at, because, you know, I'm the exercise, I, I love my exercise. How do you look at that? Do you say, no, don't go out there and, and press anymore. You just need to recover. Don't push. Or is there a place for moderate exercise to help? There's the always, process? so exercise never goes off the table, okay. right? Even if you're post-op, we're going to say, well, you got to get up and walk the hallways and go to the bathroom. So exercise is never nothing, it, but it is, it might be modified for sure. And for sure, for people in hypothyroid and adrenal strain, we would say, yeah, now's not the time to do a, a PR and to push. And they say, oh my gosh, what I used to, I used to be able to walk five miles and I felt great. And now it's a week of recovery. Hmm. Well, now's not the time to walk five miles, right? But don't not walk at all. So, so that again, in context is individualized to that person um, and a woman today has said, gosh, I, I, I do pushups or whatever, but it's two days of soreness. Hmm. Like, well, you can't do nothing, but don't push the envelope of soreness, but maintain. And, and that there isn't an exact right answer to that. How, you know, when do you back off and when do you press? Um, and that's a, that's a subtle, unique biochemical individuals uh, question mark. And I would say in the thyroid world, it, it certainly is going to depend on labs too. Yeah. And so in the hypo, you know, so eventually that reverse T3 kind of comes up, but eventually if the TSH starts coming up and the free T3 is low, like it's not getting produced either. There's not conversion from T4. There's not enough iodine. There's not substrate. Just iodine's not there. Magnesium's not there. It can't keep up with the demands. Um, and then at some point, and I'm quick to use a medicine, right? Cause people want to feel better faster. Um, and because of all the problems with the uh, people needing name brand or whatever, but in the, 80s, 90s, and zeros, I tend to start off with a natural desiccated kind. So that's armor or nature throid or NP thyroid. So natural desiccated. So it's made from, I think it's porcine derived, uh, pork, pig or pork. And they're bred specifically for harvesting the thyroid gland. And then that gland is used to make a compound that then gives the body both T4 and T3. So that's where can the average person it's prescription get at, can they get that from their traditional doc though? Yeah. Okay. They can, they, so they need to request it. Yeah. And it, then the doc might say, I don't use that stuff. That's alternative medicine is okay. what I think most probably docs might say. You, you you need levothyroxine. That's the way we treat this. And so I would use one of those first. Now there's problems and you remember the recalls and things like that. And it's getting better these days. 
But for people who are very, very, what I would say, brittle, they're very touchy. It's very hard to get it right and dialed in. And then I would tend to use um, what we lovingly call Levo and Lyo. So Levothyroxine is the generic version of Synthroid, which is T4. And Lyothyronine is the generic version of Cytomel, which is T3. And so, so we would use a combination of T4 and T3 to that individual patient. Okay. And what I don't understand in the normal American medical world is the reticence to use T3. Because that is the active form of thyroid. Your free T3 is the active. That's what's doing the work. It's not T4. It has to get converted. And some people's bodies just don't convert very well. And that's why I think a lot of women just get very frustrated in this regard. And, and uh, I'm so sorry for my profession. <laughs> uh, well, well, and, and, and to that, you know, for everybody listening, you know, to go in your area and look for, as always, for a provider who can help you. Yeah, just talk to your own doc and ask the questions. And if they're receptive, maybe they will. And if they're not, I'd say, eh, maybe, yeah, look around. Because somebody should be receptive to, to at least the discussion of that. And, and they probably might say, well, this is just the way I do it. And I don't have any other reason to do it any other way. And then at that point, you know, lovingly part as friends and mm-hmm. find a different doctor. <laughs> there you go. Well, friends, thanks for tuning in as we all work to leverage the power of our unique inner drive and wake every day to our authentic, driven, and inspired lives. Uh, Thanks, as always, to my co-host, medical doctor and functional medicine expert, Randy James, Dr. James. Uh, You can find him at True Life Medicine. And if you appreciate this podcast, got value, please let us know. Give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Apple, you can leave a review. Uh, You can subscribe on YouTube or any social media at kevinmiller.co. YouTube, you can see the whole videos, which a lot more of you are doing these days. If you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, check out my book, What Drives You, on Amazon in about any format you could want. And until next time, stay driven. Yeah.